Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 49 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. We're back in the new season of boxing. September is when it starts, and this is the first show of September, so I'm glad to say that all the boxing is really heating up now. September's a really, really good month of boxing. There's some great fights coming up in the next 30 days, so um, it's a really, really great time, September, to be a boxing fan. This is also known as the World Championship Boxing Podcast because we've delivered yet another world champion on this week's show. Now, without rambling on any further i'm going to jump straight into part one of course we're going to start as always with the review part of the show there's really not too much to review at all there was one fight really that we've got to tell you about it was a bit of an upset and that's about it so um, we're going to start with that fight it took place over in philippines top of the bill Joe arroyo the ibf world super flyweight champion of course he was unbeaten going into this fight 17 and oh he took on jerwin and cajas who had a record of 24 wins one loss and one draw and Joe arroyo was actually down once in the eighth round and he lost unanimously after 12 rounds so Joe arroyo was really looked at as a really you know really good fighter and everybody picked him to beat jerwin and cajas here but he's been upset and he loses his title so Joe Joe Arroyo now 17 and 1, and Ancajas now the new IBF World Super Flyweight Champion. So, really good stuff for him. But that is it for the reviewing because uh, Dave Allen was supposed to fight, but his fight got called off. And uh, those were the two fights that we had in mind, but that, you know, the Dave Allen fight didn't happen. So, that's really it. We're going to move on from the review part. We're now going to go over to the funny name fighter. The funny name fighter of last week was a man by the name of Golden Garcia. It wasn't the funniest name we've had on, but we wished him all the best. And he actually done really well. He picked up a TKO in round five of a six rounder at lightweight against Jesus Perez. So Golden Garcia now moves to seven and O and Jesus Perez, seven wins, eight losses and one draw now. So bigger and better things coming up for Mr. Golden Garcia. But that's really it for last week's Funny Fighter. Now, I think we're going to give it a miss for this week. I've looked through the names and there's really, to be honest, not not really many funny names at all so I think we're going to give it a miss this week and um, we'll see next week we might just bring it in within the next couple of shows just surprise someone and throw in an absolute bizarre name but for now I think we're going to leave it we're going to get a little bit more serious as the more serious fights are on the horizon but that's it for the funny name fighter we're now going to bring Ayaz in with the news O'Hara Davis will take on Willie Lemon on October 7th Yes, this is a bit of a step up for O'Hara Davis. Um, I think it's a fight he's wanted for a little while now. And um, yeah, I'm glad that he's finally here. And hopefully we see him do well. I know his last fight was um, it was a free to watch for the public at York Hall. I remember being ringside for that. Um, a lot of people were, were in the house. And he, to be honest, he didn't perform very well. But I'd like to see him, you know, with a, with a good win here. And it really will be a good win for him to uh, to, to, to you know, to defeat Willie Lemond, who's a good fighter, but he's over the hill now, of course. Also, Anthony Joshua will make the second defence of his IBF World Heavyweight title at the Manchester Arena on November 26th. Yes, this is a fight that a lot of people were talking about for a while. When's he going to be fighting next? Where's it going to be? No one seemed to have an idea. Some people said America. Some people said the O2 Arena. Nobody really knew what was going on. Some people said Manchester. Well, they got it right. It's happening on the 26th of November, as you said, over in the Manchester Arena. His opponent is yet to be announced. I think they're going to be announcing his opponent on the... The week commencing, I think maybe the 24th of 25th of uh, of September. So still a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks and a couple of days until we get that announcement. But eyes peeled for that one. Is there any more news for us, Ayaz? Finally, former light heavyweight title challenger Andres Von Farah has confirmed joining trainer Virgil Hunter. 
Yeah, it's a good move for Von Farah. He's um, very, well, he was very underrated at one point. Again, he put in a brilliant performance against Adonis Stevenson. He kind of made a name for himself. Then he took on Nathan Cleverly, beat Nathan Cleverly. So he's got a couple of good wins. But um, most recently, he obviously got knocked out, which was a bit of a shock. It was, I think, maybe the biggest shock of 2016. Uh, some of the commentators said, I'm not sure if I agree with that, but it was a big upset. And yeah, it's good that he's... he's, he's um, you know, he's linked up with with Virgil Hunter, who is very, very good with his defensive skills. You know, even though we don't see Amir Khan always fight defensively, it's, it's, you know, of course, Virgil Hunter takes care of Andre Ward, arguably one of the best defensive fighters in world boxing. So it's a good move for him. I'm very, very pleased with that. Is that it for the news now, Ayaz? Yes, that's it for the news. Okay, Ayaz, thank you very much for that bit there. Thank you for that. Um, before we get done with this talking bit, I just want to say there's a hell of a lot to preview in the second part of the show. It's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fight talk. There's a lot of brilliant, brilliant fights coming up this weekend. But of course, before we end part one, there's one last thing to do. It's, of course, to welcome our first guest, another world champion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBC light middleweight champion of the world, Sergio Mora. Sergio, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, my friend. Now, the reason you're here is because you're on the brink of becoming a two-weight world champion this weekend. Um, you did it in the light middleweight division, of course. Now you're taking on Danny Jacobs for the WBA world middleweight title. I just want to give the listeners that may not know a little bit of a backstory here. So um, Daniel Jacobs fought Sergio back in... Uh, last year, August last year, which was his second defense of his WBA world title. Sergio was put down in the first round. He immediately got back up and put Jacobs down in the same round. Then in round two, Jacobs put Sergio down. When Sergio rose to his feet, he clearly had injured his ankle. The referee concluded proceedings prematurely. Um, so now Sergio's back, fully healed and ready to give it his all. Is that a fair assessment, Sergio? That's a perfect assessment. <laughs> Thank you very much. So firstly, how excited are you to get back out again and also, of course, to get another shot at the same man you feel that you have unfinished business with? I'm very grateful uh, because I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, this time last year, I was at the hospital in Brooklyn and I thought I blew my chance and um, I didn't want to go out like that. So uh, luckily, I, I got a call from a strange number and my phone was on, luckily, and I picked it up and it was Al Hanen. And uh, anytime you get a chance to talk to Al Heyman, you're fortunate, you know, even though I'm with him now to hear his voice is just, you know, knowing that he's thinking of me. So he called me and said, hey, Sergio, listen, I know it's not the way you wanted to go out, but it was a great fight while it lasted. I want you to heal up properly because your first fight back is going to be a big fight, whether Jacobs or someone else. Now, I didn't expect it to be Jacobs, my first fight back. But I'm very, very, very grateful and thankful that, that it is because I, I've spent a year thinking of what could have, should have, would have, and that can drive any man crazy. So here we are a year later. I've been inactive and healing, but I take great pride in knowing that, you know, um, I'm getting another opportunity at, at what could have happened last year. When you suffered the ankle problem, you said that you heard it go pop. What actually happened to it? What, you know, and how long were you out of the gym for after that? You know, people, even my own promoter, Luther Bella, try to tell me that I got dropped by a punch that second time. And I keep insisting it was not a punch. Even, even you mentioned right now in the intro, it, it could have been considered a knockdown, but it wasn't really a, a clean punch. It was a punch that grazed the back of my head when my ankle was already, my leg actually, my leg was already bent and contorted in an in a awkward angle. When I did go down, he stepped over me and with his own weight, I couldn't get up and then I heard a pop. Now I've broken my left ankle before and needed surgery. I have pins in my left ankle, so I know what that feeling uh, sounds like and feels like. So when I did get up, I believe it was at the count of three on one foot. I, I tried to step on it and, you know, the adrenaline was running through me. So I was able to take a, a step or two, but I realized it was a noodle. So um, when I did go to the hospital, I got the, the x-rays and they, they showed a slight fracture, but it wasn't a, a, a break. So then I needed to wait until I got, I flew back to LA and see a specialist, which I did. And it turns out that I, I ruptured one ligament. I tore another one and I had a hairline fracture. 
in my ankle. So it was a little bit of everything. Oh, wow. And how long did that keep you out of the gym, Sergio? I was out of the gym almost seven months. Um, six months for sure. I was not doing anything but just, uh, you know, on crutches and on one foot and doing yoga poses in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but once I did step in the gym, it was about it was about six and a half, seven, seven months. And then it took me about eight months to get some full confidence and start start um, doing things more, more, adren- more with energy and stopping on a dime and, and doing it with speed and comfort and, and agility. So, yeah, eight, seven, eight good months. Okay, so um, I mean, you've had a decent time to prepare though for for what's next, which is good to hear. Oh, I've had I've had sufficient time to prepare, and I, I've had the opposite of that. So, uh, it's an ugly feeling when you don't have enough time to prepare, and and that's without in, injuries. You know, it just not being prepared for a fight is one of the worst things. Yeah, of course. Now, during your layoff due to the injury, um, Jacobs has gone on to make one more defense of his title, which, of course, was against Peter Quillen, undoubtedly a good fighter, also a former world champion. And he got knocked out in the first round by Jacobs in what was a really sensational win, in my opinion. It was it was definitely unexpected. I didn't see it going that way. Um, I guess you saw that fight. What did you make of that fight, Sergio? I knew it was going to be a firefight. Uh, I thought Quillen was going to be the winner of that firefight because uh, Quillen is, is a bigger, natural, stronger fighter. But Jacobs is a big power puncher. I mean, they're both big power power punchers. So I expected Quillen to get the better of it. Um, I was totally wrong. And I was happy to, to, to know that I was wrong because, you know, I wanted my chance at Jacobs again. And it was a sensational win on his part. And it was a, uh, a win that, that, that he needed coming after a controversial win. And uh, from there, I just think, um, you know, he, he, he could have done something great and accepted a fight with Golovkin or, or maybe even a B.J. Saunders. But for whatever reason, he didn't make that fight happen, whether it was his fault or the opponent's fault or other champion's fault. But here I am and my stars aligned. So I'm getting my opportunity. So I really don't care what happened in those negotiations. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, um, experience in two rounds with Jacobs last year. And of course, as we said, the fight ending prematurely, not the way that anybody wanted it to end. Have you learned anything in those two rounds that has made you go back and alter your original game plan at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, now I know how hard he punches. Uh, and and it's, he's a real deal. He punches really hard. Uh, so his knockout ratio, which I, I kind of... I question his knockout ratio because of his quality of opposition was not like mine or, or, or wasn't up to par to what championship level is, but his power is real. So I know that if he hits me with something solid, he will rock me, maybe drop me or stun me. But now I know that he's questionable too. I can hurt him and I can drop him as well. That I didn't know going to the first fight. I thought I was going to have to outbox him take him into the later rounds, bang him to the body, get him tired, put rounds in the bank. But now I know I can hurt him as well. He's vulnerable and he has a questionable chin. So this is going to be a fight of whose chin holds up more and who's able to land the clean punches earlier. Uh, If that happens, then the fight won't last too long. And then it'll be a firefight like last time. If he comes out a little bit more cautious, knowing that I can hurt him, well, I'm I'm always a defensive, cautious fighter. Then we can go into the later rounds, and I think that favors me. So I, I learned a lot getting punched in the chin by Danny Jacobs. <laughs> because um, he's coming off of 11 knockouts in a row now, which is... I know that the, the opposition hasn't been the greatest, but he's, you know, he's got the knockouts. When you hurt him in that first round, do you think that you perhaps took some more confidence out of that fight, even though we all know how it ended? You, are you more confident going into the second fight as you were going into the first fight? That's the question. Equal confidence, because I, I didn't win that fight, so there's nothing I could really be happy about. I'm, I'm, yeah, but you, you now know confident. that you can hurt a guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's the thing. I know I can hurt people. I don't know I can drop them like that. But I have been dropping uh, my my last six opponents. I dropped four of them. So you know, I'm I'm actually getting really confident with with my punching ability. People say it's that I don't move as much anymore because I'm older. Well, maybe that might be the case. But I'm also sitting down on my punches more. So I'm sitting down on my punches. I changed my technique, my punching style. I even changed the gloves that I wear from Everlasting Brand. And um, I just feel that uh, 
you know, all the experience I gained in the last 17 years as a pro, you know, I'm finally just learning how to put my punches together in the right, in the right spot, that sweet spot. You know, it's not really about throwing 10 punches, it's about throwing three solid ones and, and making sure they land. And it's, it, it's, it takes a lot, you know, I'm not a puncher. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a speed guy and defensive guy. So I'll never be a power puncher, but I'm, I'm confident in the punches I've been landing recently. Excellent. Good, good, very good to hear that. Um, as you mentioned, you know, he's, he's got, he's got real power. Would you say he's the hardest puncher that you've been in with professionally? I think he is one of the hardest punches I've been with. There, there's two guys that um, have punched me just as hard and you would never have, you never heard of them before. They're just two, two Mexican. Well, one of them was Mexican. Two, one of them was Rito Rivacalva, Rito Rivacalva, and I fought him the, the fight before I fought uh, Vernon Forrest. He had 32 wins, 29 by knockout, and I figured, ah, oh, well, he just fought a bunch of Mexican taxi drivers. No, 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 <laughs> this, guy, this, guy, this guy punched hard, man. And then uh, uh, another guy named Milton Nunes, who actually Danny Jacobs knocked out in the first round a couple fights ago, and uh, he's been knocked out several times. Um, but that guy punches pretty hard too. He had uh, 26 wins, 24 by knockout. So, you know, every time you see uh, a knockout uh, punches like that, you, you don't really believe it until you get hit by them and like, oh yeah, they got power. But yeah, <laughs> yeah as far as as far as overall skill and power, Danny Jacobs, yeah, by far he, he's he's number one. And just the the day after your fight against Jacobs, there's a big fight happening over here. You mentioned him earlier. Gennady Golovkin, he's taking on Kell Brook. Kell Brook moving up two weight classes to fight him. How do you see that fight going, Sergio? Well, it's an admirable uh, thing for Kell Brook to be taking such a dangerous task. Uh, Golovkin's a monster as a middleweight. And even though Kell Brook is a huge welterweight, you know, he's going up two weight divisions against a guy that should be fighting a super middleweight even. Um, so it's a dangerous fight for him. I really, really like Cal Brook. I think um, he's doing—he's trying to do something great that you know fighters like Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Muhammad Ali type, you know, Floyd Mayweather, great, great fighters have, have, have gotten away with doing. But um, I just think for this fight, Cal Brook bit off a little bit too much that he could chew. Even though he is a huge welterweight, he's never fought past uh, welterweight, and he's never even fought a guy that is a devastating puncher at middleweight. Um, I think he has enough skill to last and even win the early rounds. You know, it's, uh, Golovkin is, is hittable. He's not perfect. And uh, Cal Brook does have all the tools. But once the fourth and fifth rounds start coming around, the middle rounds come around, that's when the power and those shots against in the shoulder and the ribs and the elbow, the grazing shots to the head, that's when they'll start taking effect. The size starts taking effect, and it has nothing to do with skill anymore. So I think that's where it's going to start getting dangerous for Kel Brook. I wish him the best, but I just think he bit off too much he can chew, and he's going to start feeling the wear and tear of the devastation that, that this guy Golovkin can do. So I don't expect that fight to go past six rounds, and it's going to end in a brutal fashion. Yeah. I uh, hope that you're wrong, of course, but um, no, excellent breakdown. And another question I must ask you, um, if you, a bit of a fun question, if you could make any fight in world boxing, which fight would you make, Sergio? I would love to watch Kel Brook fight someone like Keith Thurman. I think they both have, they're both undefeated, they're both champions, and it'll be a mega fight worldwide. They both have that, that confident swagger. I think Kel Brook has a little bit more of it, <laughs> uh, but, but they both get away with it. So that's a fight I would love to watch to, to unify a welterweight uh, title. And it's a fight that, you know, against two really big welterweights, like even big junior middleweights. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that until after Golovkin, uh, win or lose. I think another mega fight, maybe not in the box office, but as far as uh, boxing aficionados, is uh, the Phil Lomachenko versus Guillermo Rigondeaux. I think uh, that's the A-plus of fighting. And uh, I think every aficionado, every every person that really, really, really loves and is passionate about the sweet science, it doesn't get better than that. They can even name that pay-per-view A++, you know, because that's just the best it gets in boxing. And, and I, I'm curious to see who would win that, that contest. So Rigondeaux Lomachenko is probably my, my number one or number two. And the last question I must ask you, I've got to ask this to everybody that we speak to from overseas, Sergio. Who's your favorite UK fighter from all time, past or present? 
Joe Calzaghe and Ricky Hatton. Uh, Joe Calzaghe for his skills, the, everything he did in and out of the ring because he was known as a good boy inside the ring. Him and his father had a great bond. And then outside of the ring, he was a, a little bit of a bad boy. And, uh, you know, he beat legends and he beat uh, undefeated and, and great Hall of Fame fighters, American fighters that made us Americans take uh, notice in, in uh, a guy like Joe Calzaghe when he beat Jeff Lacey and Bernard Hopkins. So Joe Calzaghe all around. Um, but I got to meet Joe Calzaghe and uh, meet him in person. It actually wasn't as fun as, as watching him on TV. You know, he we had a little confrontation when I first met him. That was when he was going through his, his ordeal and his problems outside the ring. But either way, I'm a big Joe Calzaghe fan. And, uh, and of course, a Ricky Hatton fan. I'm, I, I grew to be uh, friends with Ricky Hatton. I, I got to know him in uh, Las Vegas. He's, he's a wonderful person. And we all know how, how jovial he could be with his uh, drinking and, and carrying on. So, you know, it's, it's all about Ricky Hatton on my book. You know, he's a great guy. You've now got me asking you about the altercation. What happened there? I, I, I can't not ask that now. No, no, it wasn't an altercation. I, I think uh, I caught him when he had a, he was drinking, he was at a bar, and then uh, we were introduced by some similar uh, people we know, and then uh, he had this uh, this look on his face, and I said, hey, Joe, nice to meet you. And he said, um, he gave me a scowl, and he says, you ain't shit. I said, what do you mean you ain't shit? I started smiling, and he goes, Manfredo kicked your ass. Or I'm, you know, because we both saw Peter Manfredo. He goes, Manfredo uh, kicked your ass, or or maybe he said, I kicked Manfredo's ass. I don't know what he said. It was unclear. But then I realized he wasn't joking anymore. So I looked at the you know, the, the the guys that were with us and his friends, and his friends are saying, ignore him, like you know, don't worry about him, ignore him, like maybe, you know, he maybe had one too many. And you know, I was having a couple myself, so my my Irish got up and I said fuck you talking about joe and then he kind of he kind of squared up and that's when i realized okay we're not going to square up here we're not going to fight for free so that's when i I said all right joe have a good night and i I turned around and said what the hell was that about he goes no no he's he's been he's he's been having a uh, a couple drinks here at the bar so you know that just made me like him more because the chip on his shoulder is, is goes outside the ring and I'm a big Joe Calvary fan, and that's my story of Joe. So I like Joe in and out of the ring. Great guy. <laughs> my type of my type of guy. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap this up, Sergio, the last question I've got for you now is: What do you see happening in your fight? What's your final prediction? If I can get you to predict the outcome of the fight with yourself and Danny Jacobs on Friday night. You know, I never predict knockout because I'm not a knockout puncher. You know, I'm I'm more the distance type fighter, and even if I do feel I can uh, take some guy out, I still don't predict knockout. But since I've been in the ring with him, uh, we have already a year of animosity built up. Uh, I'm 100% prepared for this fight. I'm sure he is too. He wants to shut my mouth. I just think we're going to start off maybe, uh, we're not going to start off like we did our first fight because we know we could both hurt each other. But I think by the third round, we're, we're going to be slinging them punches. So I don't think this fight goes a distance. I think whoever lands uh, the first team punch is going to hurt the other one, but I take a better punch than him. So I just think it's going to be a, a a great fight that doesn't go the distance. Knockout victory by yours truly. Absolutely. Excellent stuff. Okay, Sergio, listen, I'd like to thank you for giving us a bit of time this week. I wish you all the best for your fight on Friday. I truly do. And hopefully next time we speak, I'll be talking to the new WBA middleweight champion of the world. That's the way I would want to be introduced. Nothing more. Thank you, George. Sergio Mora there. Really very, very good to speak to him. A real, a real nice guy. Really, really is. Um, we're going to start with part two now. This is the part where we do the previewing. And of course, at the end of the show, towards the end of the show, we're going to bring on a second guest. So we're going to start over in Russia. This fight taking place at the Tractor Sports Palace, top of the bill, former world champion Evgeny Gradovich, 21 wins, two losses and one draw. He, of course, lost his title to our very own Lee Selby. He takes on Eusebio Osejo, who has a record of 28 wins, 17 losses and three draws. It's a bit of a keep busy fight, I think, for this. 
And, um, you know, he really should get the job done. But it's, it's, of course, worth giving it a mention. Gradovich, a good fighter on his night. That's it for Russia. We're now going to go over to USA, Pennsylvania at the Santander Arena. Top of the bill. A really cracking fight, this. This one's for the vacant IBF World Lightweight title. Robert Easter Jr., 17-0, undefeated. Of course, a really, really good fighter. I know he's been doing a lot of work with Adrian Broner. He takes on Richard Comey. Richard Comey. 24 and 0 with 22 knockouts. Somebody's O has got to go. Combined record of 41 and 0. This is going to be a really, really cracking fight. I know it's great times for the lightweight division over here in the UK with the likes of Crawler and Flanagan. The IBF belt is vacant, and now there's going to be a new champion come Friday night. That one, so that's really, really great. I can't wait for that one. Also on that build, Danny Jacobs, 31 and 1, a real good fighter. He puts his WBA world middleweight title on the line against Sergio Mora. We just spoke to Sergio Mora. He basically, you know, gave us his. Pre- prediction, told us what's going to happen. I asked him some key questions. Sergio Mora's record, 28 wins, four losses and two draws. This is going to be a really, really good fight. I think this whole card, to be honest, is a really, really good card. I don't know if it's televised over in the UK, but I really hope so because there's some cracking matchups on the bill. Former world champion Kermit Sintron's also on the bill. His record these days, 37 wins, five losses and two draws. He takes on Manny Woods, who has a record of 15 wins, five losses and one draw in an eight-rounder at welterweight. Also on the bill, we've had him on our show previously, another real nice guy Travis Kaufman 30 wins and one loss that one loss very very controversial to Chris Ariola. he takes on Josh Gormley 22 wins and five losses it's a 10 rounder at heavyweight of course and that's it for Pennsylvania we're now going to head over back to Europe we're going to go over to Finland one fight over there I want to mention top of the bill Robert Halanius a former opponent of Derek Chisora Derek Chisora didn't get the win on the judges' verdict, but uh, everybody with a set of eyes knows that he should have got the win in that fight. He was robbed over in Finland. And Robert Hellenius, 22 wins and one loss, his record. He takes on former victim of Anthony Joshua, Konstantin Erich, who has a record of 23 wins and 17 losses with two draws. Robert Hellenius trying to get back in that mix. He's a good fighter as well. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but, you know, he should really get the job done here. That's it for Finland. Another strange card over in Sweden. We just mentioned him. Derek Chisora, 25 wins wins and six losses he takes on Drazan Janjanin I don't know nothing about his opponent it's a real strange contest a lot of people talking about Dillian White taking on Chisora I don't know why he's gone over to Sweden for this fight it really doesn't make much sense but he tends to not make too much sense anyway Derek Chisora but we wish him all the best he's always going to these um, you know going to these strange locations to fight and he really puts it all on the line for Britain so all the best to Derek Chisora and his opponent's record 13 wins and seven losses so i really hope he gets the job done here it's an eight rounder that's it for sweden we're now going to come back over to our country of course arguably the biggest bill of the weekend over at the o2 arena london top of the bill gennady golovkin he takes on kel brook gennady golovkin 35 and 0 kel brook 36 and 0 it's for the wbc world middleweight title the ibf world middleweight title and the ibo world middleweight title of course the latter of those belts isn't really considered as a major title but gennady golovkin everybody knows he's the man at middleweight a lot of people are afraid to get in the ring with him. It's taken Kel Brook climbing up two weight divisions to actually find the balls, um, if I may say so, to get in the ring here. And um, I really believe that he's not just doing it for the payday. I truly believe that Kel Brook thinks he can win this fight, but we all know it's going to be a real, 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 real big ask. Gennady Golovkin, Ayaz, talk to me about this fight. This is an absolute cracking contest. Oh, you're absolutely right. It's a huge fight and it's a cracking contest. If Brook beats Golovkin, oh my word, he would be at the top of this of of the list of the greatest wins ever. Golovkin, we all know, he's a wrecking machine and he's been knocking all of his opponents out. But Brook, he's he's gonna go there and go for go for a war. And obviously on Friday, Kel Brook was five pounds heavier than Golovkin on on the final WBC check-in. So we're gonna see come fight come weigh in on for this Friday. Having seen a picture on Brooks Instagram, he looks in tremendous shape. 
Yeah, no, he he's, he does look very good. Um, you know, he's put on the weight, obviously, and um, he, he looks pretty. You know, he doesn't doesn't really look the smaller man, but you know, naturally, it's um, I'm not taking too much from the from you know from the weighing that you mentioned on Friday, the the check weight. Um, you know, Golovkin. It just means it just really means that Kel. I don't think he lives a life as strict as as Golovkin. If he's you know, if he's if Golovkin's a naturally bigger guy and he's kind of getting his weight down even quicker than Kel Brook, and Kel Brook is fighting at a weight two weights down usually, it's to think that he's still heavy. It's it's pretty it's pretty strange. I think it's all just mind games anyway. But um, listen, Golovkin's a tremendous tremendous fighter. We've interviewed a bunch of guys on this, you know, on this show in the past weeks, and I've asked each and every one of them, I believe, about this fight, and hardly anyone, I don't think anyone, has actually given Kell Brook a chance here. Um, I, as if I just ask you to pick a winner, who who are you going with on this fight? To be honest, this is a tough one because obviously a lot of people are saying Golovkin. I like I like Golovkin is a great fight. Don't get me wrong, I like Golovkin, but. I'm going to go for the underdog, and I'm going to go for a Brook win on points. Okay, well, the prediction league was it? Is it two one to you, or was it two nil to you, Ayers? Was it two nil? Yes, it's two nil to me. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Golovkin here, just like a lot of people are. I mean, I really hope I'm wrong. I truly, truly do. And um, you know, you've got a bit of momentum building up now, two and zero with the prediction league. But I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to go with a Golovkin win. And um, I think it's going to probably be 2-1 next week. But uh, like I say, I really, really hope I'm wrong because uh, the, the the prediction league and an a, and a English fighter pulling off an absolutely huge upset like this, there's no comparison. Of course, I want to win. <laughs> no, you know, but it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a good fight, and everybody's really looking forward to it. It's fantastic that we've got Golovkin over here, and he's going to be making the most of fight week. But it's 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 tremendous. It's tremendous. It's going to be a real real cracking fight while it lasts. Also on that bill, we spoke to him on last week's show, Lee Haskins. He puts his IBF World Bantamweight title on the line against Stuart Hall, former champion and former holder of the IBF belt. So Lee Haskins, thirty three and three, Stuart Hall twenty. 20 wins, four losses, and two draws. This one's going to be another real good contest. There's too many good fights on this build, to be honest. This one really is the closest to a 50-50 that there is. And I'm looking forward to it because, um, you know, it really could go either way. I think I'm going to side with Haskins here. Ayaz, how do you see... Well, who are you, who you going to pick to win this fight out of Haskins and Hall? To be honest, I've, I don't really know much about Stuart Hall. I know a bit about Lee Haskins. And obviously, when he won the IBF title, he was giving it to him because the guy, the other guy failed weight. So I haven't really seen much of Haskins or Hall, to be honest. So if I'm going to go for but I'm going to have to go with Lee Haskins because I know a bit about him. Okay. Now, that's fine. I mean, I'm going with, with Haskins as well, so we can't be separated there but it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a good fight they fought before and lee haskins picked up the win it was a wide points win over the distance and um stuart hall he really wants revenge he's been saying a few things they've they've said a few things to each other but i think lee haskins is probably you know going to get the job done here also on this bill martin j ward 14 and 0 with the two draws he takes on andy townend 16 wins and three losses this is for the vacant british super featherweight title also on this bill callum smith 20 and 0 he takes on noble norbert that's a crazy name for you his actual name is norbert nemesapati but he's alias he's noble so i'm going to call him noble norbert and this is of course for callum smith's WBC silver super middleweight title. He's still sitting in that mandatory position, and I really hope he gets a crack at one of the big boys in the in the division. To be honest, this is literally just a fight to get out once again. I believe before the year's up, and um, of course his brother is fighting next week, which we'll be talking all about when Liam Smith takes on Canelo. But yeah, Callum Smith he gets out on this card, and so does his brother Paul Smith. He's also on the bill. His opponent yet to be announced, but Paul Smith at the moment has a record of thirty. Seven wins and six losses. Um, Norbert 
Norbert Nemesapati, I don't think I said his record. His record's 21 wins and three losses. He's actually the reigning Hungarian super middleweight champion. So it could be interesting. Callum Smith was an overly impressive in his last fight on the Tony Bellew undercard. We'll have to wait and see. So that's Callum Smith done. That's Paul Smith done. That's Martin J. Wall. That's Lee Haskins. That's Golovkin. Also on the card, a good friend of mine, Charlie Edwards. He's only 8-0. And he could be the quickest Englishman to win a world title here. If he pulls off the win against John Real Casemiro, Casemiro, a two-weight world champion, and of course the current IBF world flyweight champion with a record of 22 wins and three losses, Charlie Edwards, um, yeah, he will become the quickest Englishman to win a world title if he gets it done within nine fights. That really is sensational. I'm absolutely made up for him. And also on that bill, Kid Galahad gets out. He looks to move to 20-0. and 0. He's in an eight-rounder against Emiliano Salvini, who has a record of 17 wins and 23 losses with two draws. It was just a favour to Kel Brook. Kel Brook asked Eddie Hearn, can I get my good mate Kid Galahad on the bill? And Eddie Hearn said yes. So um, it was a bit of a favour there. But Kid Galahad, it's great to see him back out. And he's a good friend of mine as well. So he's a good friend of everybody's. And he's a nice guy. So I'm very happy for him to be fighting on this big bill. Also on the bill, Connor Ben, 3-0 and at the moment. He's in a four-rounder against... Sylvie Cabet, who has a record of two wins and ten losses. It's um, it's a bit of a mismatch, obviously. He's still he's still building. He's still at that building stage, Conor Ben, and I think he's going to get the job done in good fashion. It'd be interesting to see if they put his fight on TV, actually. Also on that bill from Crystal Palace, um, Craig Spider Richards, 4-0. Good win he's coming off on the same bill that O'Hara fought on, that free-to-watch bill for the public. His record 4-0. He takes on Dalton Miller, who has a record of four wins, seven losses, and one draw. That's a six-rounder at middleweight. And also on this bill, another good friend of the show, Gavin Mc- McDonald, brother of Jamie McDonald, 15 and 0 with two draws. His opponent is yet to be announced. And that's it for the huge bill over in the O2. It's took about 10 minutes talking about one card, and it's going to be absolutely incredible. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. But that's it for the London card. We're now going to go over to the USA. We're going to go straight over to California. Inglewood, top of the bill, Carlos Quadras, the reigning WBC World Super Flyweight champion, 35-0. and 0. He takes on Roman Gonzalez, who's stepping up in weight here, who has a record of 45-0. and 0. Both guys' records combined, 80-0. and 0. Somebody's O has got to go. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's live on Box Nation, if I'm not mistaken, from about 2 o'clock. So if you're subscribed to Box Nation, if you're going to buy the pay-per-view for the Kelbrook and Golovkin, card then your your Saturday night's absolutely sorted sit down on the couch and grab a bag of popcorn it's going to just be hard to get off it to be honest and um, again a really good card here uh, Carlos Quadras as I said 35 and 0 with the one draw Roman Gonzalez 45 and 0 a lot of people putting him as the number one pound for pound boxer in world boxing so it's, it's a toss-up out of him and Andre Ward to be honest, a lot of people, think, I mean, this is a real great fight. This is a great fight. In terms of hype, of course, you'd have to go with the Golovkin and Brook fight. There's so much hype into that. Everybody cannot wait to watch that fight. But for the boxing purists and the diehards and the hardcores, this is the fight to watch. It's going to be absolutely cracking from round one. And Gonzalez, boy, can he crack, but he's moving up in weight and it's going to be tremendous if he can pull off a win here, which I really think he will do, by the way. Also on that bill, Jesus Soto Carras. 28 wins, 10 losses and 4 draws. He gets in there against Yoshishiro Kamagai, who was in there with Robert Guerrero, I believe, 2014, something like that. He gave him a cracking, cracking fight. His record, 26 wins, 3 losses and 2 draws. And that really is going to be a bang-up. That's going to be a great all-action fight. And I really cannot see it going any other way but that. Um, That's going to be a great, great fight. That's a 10-rounder at super welterweight or light middleweight, as I should call it. But that's really it for the California bill. We're now going to go over to the last bill that we're going to mention. It's over in the USA at the Tachi Palace Hotel and Casino. I love those casino cards. I've always said that. Top of the bill, Andy Ruiz Jr., 28-0. He takes on Franklin Lawrence. 21 wins, 2 losses and 2 draws. This is for Andy Ruiz's 
NABF heavyweight title. It's a 10-rounder. I'm a little bit surprised by this fight because Andy Ruiz Jr. has come out this week, um, a piece of news that we didn't actually include in the news segment, as that Andy Ruiz Jr., as I said, 28 and a real good fighter, he's taking on Huey Fury. I believe that's on the 29th of October on the Klitschko Fury undercard. Again, there's a lot of question marks with is that actually happening or not. But, um, you know, that's going to be a really tough fight. It's going to be the toughest fight of his career. So it's, it's, it's interesting that he's fighting here. But I guess it's a couple of, well, it's a month and a bit. So uh, fair enough. But now Andy Ruiz Jr., I've been calling for a long time. He needs to step it up and he's going to be stepping up against Huey Fury, which is going to be a really, really good fight. Again, somebody's I will have to go in that one, but I cannot wait for those fights. Also on this bill, Raimundo Beltran, really, to be honest, he should be a world champion, but he's had it taken away from him when he took on uh, Ricky Burns. He's had a couple of tough decisions go against him. Raimundo Beltran, 30 wins, 7 losses and 1 draw he takes on Thomas Mendes 21 wins and eight losses that's really the most exciting um, fight on the undercard aside from the main event on that one but as I said that really is it for the preview and we've done a lot of preview in there there's been a lot of cracking fights and believe me next week there's going to be even more to talk about and it's just going to be phenomenal I cannot wait for next week's show it's going to be full of reviews full of previews it's just getting hotter and hotter but that's really it for the previewing that's really it for all the rambling and all the talking on this week's show the last thing we've got to do before we end part two is of course to welcome our second guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome truly one of the brightest prospects, not just in the super middleweight division, but in world boxing. It's, of course, Callum Smith. Callum, welcome to the show. Uh, are you, mate? Okay. Very good, my friend. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Excellent stuff. Now, you're fighting on the huge Golovkin versus Brook card on Saturday against a man called uh, Norbert Nemesapati. I think I've got that right, but his alias yeah. is actually Noble. So I'm going to call him Noble Norbert. That's his nickname. Um, right. <laughs> he's the reigning Hungarian super middleweight champion. He boasts a record of 21 and 3. Callum, what do you know about your opponent? Um, not a lot. I've seen bits of footage on him. He's had a decent enough record 21 wins with 16 knockouts. So. Must be reasonably heavy-handed, and a lot of his fights have been at light heavy, so I've got to give him respect for that. But I've not seen a lot of them. I've seen a couple of fights, and I was um, he lost to an unbeaten Russian who beat Bob Adjusraf. Not a bad fight, but he's tall, six three. But the stage in my career, I'm at a feel even as good as I think I am, then I should have enough to you know, be fight for this opposition and look well doing so. Absolutely. Do you see this fight as a bit of a keep busy fight? Um, yeah, but I think that's been a bit disrespectful to the opponent, but now I'm next in line for the world title, but I'm not going to sit around and wait. I do need to fight to I'll stay active and keep improving. I think I, I learned my lesson last time. My last, last fight was meant to be a, you know, a keep busy one, and I made a bit more hard work of it than I should have. So now I've got to stay switched on and, and see them like any other opponents and go and, and do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I'm pleased to hear you say that. The, the last fight, although, you know, you knocked him down a bunch of times, but it wasn't overly impressive. So honest of yourself to say so. Now, you you won the, the British, the English and the European belts all by knockout in the first round, which is absolutely yeah. incredible. I'd like to also throw in an extra achievement. You're actually the Box Hard Podcast 100th guest. So that's another important <laughs> stat for you, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> also, I'd like to ask you, out of all your opponents thus far, you faced a, a, a few good guys, including, obviously, yeah. Rocky Fielding. Who would you say was the best fighter that you fought thus far of your career, Callum? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say, because you know, Rocky Fielding's a good fighter. He was unbeaten. Um, but it wasn't the toughest fight. I'd say it was a one-round one. The same with Mohamedy. He's the European champion. Tough fighter, but was one-round. So I'd have to the toughest fighter, probably Rebrass. Okay. Tough work. He made me work for the full 12. He made me work every round of every one. Although the scorecard was quite wide. You actually watched the fight. It was, you know, they weren't easy round. I was having to work for every one of them. So I'd have to, have to say he's been my toughest fight, my toughest opponent. I don't know. I think going into the fight, I'd probably said Rocky Fielding. Yeah, no, that's, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Now, what excites me about yourself is you carry power in both hands, and when you switch from head to body, it just looks so, so natural. You're one of the best body punchers in the world, um, in my opinion, anyway. How do you do it yeah. so naturally, Callum? I don't know. I think I've, I've said a lot of me because I'm so tall. It's not normally not the style of fighting for a tall fighter, but I don't know. I don't know if when I was younger than the amateurs, I used to get like 
I shouted that, but I used to get like moaned out of my coaches that I used to stand and fight too much when I should have. That was when I was having like a ghost spirit, I was becoming tall for my weight, but I was still fighting like a smaller man. And I think when I got in GBLA into box more and used my height more, but I've always you know, been comfortable you know, fighting on the inside. And I think I just kept it from when I was younger, when I wasn't so tall, but obviously I am now, but I'm still stuck to, you know, I'm comfortable on the inside and I have a lot of, a good inside fighting spars with you know, my brothers Lee and hey, Paul. So I think I just learned a lot from them and it sort of comes natural to me. You're now, of course, the mandatory for Badu Jack's WBC super middleweight title. Uh, everybody thought that Gao and Jack would be unifying both the WBC and IBF belts, but we're yet to hear any kind of announcement. How much longer will you have to wait before you get your chance? Um, I don't know. You probably know as much as me. Um, I think my man Steve's going to get called in September. So obviously, Jack will be told he has to defend against me within so many days or whatever. But again, it's a bit irrelevant because... Uh, Unification still comes before that, so I just gotta wait around and see what they do. One minute looked like the fight was nearly done, then it went quiet, and then a couple of weeks ago it they piped up again. It looked like it was close to being done, but then it's gone quiet again. So I don't, I don't know. I know as much as you, as I said, but no, I just wait and see. And if I am next, then no, I jump at the chance. If I have to wait and let them two fight, then no, so be it. Again, I'll just keep improving and know that my shot will come eventually. I just have to wait a bit, a bit longer. Okay. Now there's two domestic fights that you've been linked with. Um, both, you know, both 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 fighters, good fighters, James DeGale and George Groves. I want to ask you this: Who do you see as the better fighter out of those two? Um, DeGale. It sounds silly. Obviously, Groves has beaten, but I think since he boxed, I think you know, DeGale's come on a bit more, and I think Groves improved. But then I think the losses have had an effect on him, and I don't think he. Don't wrong, he's looked good just since he's gone back with McGuigan, but I think the Gales just improved a bit more since becoming world champion, and in my opinion, is one of one of the better ones in the division at the moment. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And who would you say is the main man at 168 at the moment? Um, out of you know Badu Jack, the other champions, Badu Jack, Degal, and Gilberto Ramirez, another good fighter. Yeah, um, I think at the minute, the you know, the the men to beat are probably Degal and Ramirez. I rate Ramirez. I think he's a good fighter, good tall southpaw, and I think the way he beat Abraham was you no know, was good good to see. You no, know, he doesn't look special, but everyone seems to get in with Abraham. You no, know, he's hard to beat and he's hard to look good against. And Ramirez whitewashed him and for you know, 24 year old to do that was you no, know, it was a good performance in my eyes. Um, also, uh, a bit of a fun question for you now: Who yeah. is your favourite? fighter to watch I know that you've you've obviously got three brothers that box I know that yeah. you don't particularly like watching them box because I bet your your heart's yeah. racing through that but who do yeah, you like yeah, to definitely. sit down and watch there's a few I like watching you know, a lot of like I think Golovkin's great to watch I don't I don't fight a lot of like him but I think he's good to watch for just power his footwork is good and all that and then you know, I like watching you know, Miguel Cotto George Linares who's fighting you know, me, me being Mike Crawler I think technically they're both very good but there's a lot of fights that I, I do enjoy watching boxing and you know, I think you learn a lot from watching as well as you know, doing it in the gym as well and I just like more your technical fights Miguel Cotto Marquez he's another good one just good technically and you know, nice to watch yeah really enough some good names there now another sort of fun question if you could take one attribute from from yourself and your three brothers and turn it into some complete fighter you know example like you know your power Stephen speed etc power chin yeah. one attribute from all the brothers what what would you take from who um as I'd have to say Liam's like shot pick and punch variation yeah um Stephen's boxing brain and Paul's punch power they're the three best things to see. What would you take from yourself? Um, probably body punching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not, not the biggest attribute. I thought. I, I mean, you, you, you got a lot of a lot of stuff tucked away in your arsenal as it is. To be honest, I thought you'd have gone with your power on that one, no? Um, yeah, but as a, it's not for me to sit and say oh, I'm you know, the biggest puncher and all that. Because again, I don't believe I am. I think you know, I've, I've lost to do with like time and stuff. I don't claim to be the biggest one punch. Hitter, but I found a place to me, I found gaps, especially with the body shots. I don't think you need to be a big puncher to hit uh, people to the body. It's about placing them and timing them right and stuff. So, yeah, it's not for me to say, but I think I've had a lot of wins with body shots. But recently, it's mainly been headshots from how many you on the field and one. So I think the power is improving as I'm, as I'm maturing a bit more. 
The last time I saw you, um, you were hoping that you could get a fight just before your brother Liam's so that you could get yeah. out to the States without disrupting a training camp. That's happened here. I suspect yeah. all three of the brothers will be going out to support Beefy against Canelo. Yeah, we're all going out. We all fly out uh, the week, obviously, after my fight before Liam's. So we'll all be there and just keep him company, really, try and keep it as normal as possible. Although he's over in the States, he's got a lot of familiar faces around him. I think Liam's flying out. Thursday or Wednesday with Scott Quigg so he can keep him company while he's over there so just keeping them keeping everything normal as possible Excellent stuff and how do you see that fight going? I know obviously you know Liam's your brother but we have to yeah. all admit it's, it's a bit of a big ask Yeah it's a massive ask and he knows that himself but no stylistically if you watch it's not I think it's got to make him do a great fight I don't think it's going to be a, be a bad fight stylistically they're quite similar or like to sit in the pocket, throw a lot of combinations, and a bit like the Canelo Cotto fight. It's just, I think it's going to be good to watch from a neutral point of view. We obviously feel Liam, Liam's got the beating of him. No, a lot of people don't, but no, he is in a good chance. And I think people forget Liam is a world champion, and no, he hasn't just been given an opportunity out of the blue. He's entered, and now he's going there to win and no, keep his title. As he was saying the other day in an interview, he wins it. He doesn't walk away with any new belt. He walks away with his own title that he's gone there with. So that's the plan. But like I say, we're not losing. I think it'll be a very good fight to watch. Yeah, I think he's the most underrated man at 154, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I think it's just the name. And like, you know, all the American names, he had a lot of publicity. And Liam back at home, especially not being on Sky, sort of goes under the radar a bit. But no, he's a very, very good fighter. Yeah, I remember even in the press conference that they did over here when Canelo was over, everybody was making a fuss over Canelo, not so much yeah. Liam, but I know that he's not bothered by that in the slightest. You know, yeah, that's no, the best way to be. Right. Yeah. Now, um, the main event of the card that you're fighting on on the weekend, Brook against Golovkin, how do you see that fight playing out, Cal? Um, I thought it was interesting, but I don't think a lot of people know till the actual bell goes. I think, you know, skill-wise and technically, Cal Brook can hold his own without a doubt. He's a very good fighter and He's a, he's a good world champion, and, but it's all just a case of how, how he handles Golovkin's power. And I don't think even Brooke will know until he's actually in there how hard Golovkin is. We've seen in the past, no big middleweight he's put away, but it's more just the wait and see how he handles it. If he can handle his power, then no, it's a good fight. If he can't, then you know I can't see it lasting not too long. But I think that's the beauty of boxing. The two very good fighters. It's just we'll have to wait and see on the night. Personally, I think you no, know, will do well, but it's up until no Golovkin lands and. Not a lot of people have stood up to his power, so it's hard to see a welterweight doing it. But no, fingers crossed, it'll be just pull it off. I, I like Kelly's a good fighter, and no, he's a fellow Brit, so no, wish him all the best. Yeah, I echo that. And also, as you mentioned earlier, Anthony Crawler taking on Jorge Linares, another huge, huge fight down at lightweight. How do you see that one playing out? Yeah, again, another. I think another good fight. I think Anthony's up against it, like everyone knows. But again, he's the world champion, Crawler. He's in very good form. I just seen of late, and. I just I'd never bet against him. He wasn't supposed to beat Perez, he'd done it. He wasn't supposed to beat Brosin, and he'd done it. Even going back to he likes the John Murray's and stuff, he always seems to just pull out the bag when it matters and you know, he's trained well, he's trained very well, he always does and you know, he's in good shape, so you know, why not? He's fighting for you know, his WBA and you no know, WBC I think it's diamonds and you know, he's definitely good enough to do it. I said before and he's a great fighter, he's one I, I like watching and following Instagram and you know, I love watching him on pads and stuff technically but he has shown vulnerability throughout his career. You know, he can get in, involved in a tear-up and you know, he has been hurt and he has been stopped. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But you know, I definitely think Carl has got a very, very good chance of coming away with both belts. Yeah, if momentum's anything, then he's definitely got that in yeah. his favour. He's, like yeah, he's like the yeah, miracle man. He's like the miracle man. He's proving everyone wrong, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's tremendous. Is there anything that you want to get off your chest at all? Anything that you want to let anybody know that may be listening? Um, no, not really. I'll say a lot, but just been looking forward to getting back in and having a big season. Okay, just short and simple, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just keep following, keep supporting, and hopefully I can deliver the world title this season. All fingers crossed. Yeah, I tell you what, I believe in you. I believe in you. Thank you. Now, listen, Callum, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you on this week's show. I wish you yeah, and your brothers pleasure, all mate. the Thanks best. I wish Sorry, you and your you brothers mate. all the that. best. And uh, no doubt we'll speak again soon, my friend. Uh, thank you, mate. Take it easy.
That was Callum Smith there. I tell you what, if you didn't know boxing well, you'd say, oh, that guy was a nice, normal guy. But yeah, he's a nice guy, but he's far from normal. He's an absolute beast in the ring and truly one of my favourite, favourite fighters to watch. Admirable how humble he is as well. But that's all we've got time for on this week's show. It's time to conclude episode 49 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. I as Sumra has been I as Sumra. A huge thank you to our two guests on this week's show, Callum Smith and Yeah another world champion in Sergio Mora. It's been nine world champions on the last seven shows now. A little gift for those loyal listeners that tune in every single week. Remember, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at Podcast. And if you get time, please try and leave us a review on iTunes. Until next week, my friends, take care. <laughs>